Welcome to Cancelled. It's the first episode of the new year, new show, new guest host. I almost said make some noise. I do this so much <laughs> when I'm talking, like introducing someone on the podcast. Be like, make some noise. And you're, there's you're, just you're, no one. There's no one here. Also, or do I expect them to clap at home? I don't understand what I'm. Not- well, they can't. Okay, look, if you're listening, make some noise. You clap if you want. It Go just ahead. seems like a waste. <laughs> we can't hear you. <laughs> It's Pat Dean, everybody. Hello. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Ah, getting through it, man. Drank some coffee. Now we're, we're pounding some beers. This is going to be a fucking weird podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. How was your, uh, how was your New Year's? Uh, my New Year's was great, man. Uh, I, I was hosting at Cap City for oh, right, uh, Mike, Kaplan, Mike yeah. Kaplan. What a fucking funny... It's so funny, man. Yeah. Really nice guy, too. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear a good Mike Kaplan story? Yeah. Uh, one of the first hosting gigs I ever had was for him during south by and uh that's irrelevant to the story but uh after one of the shows during the week uh norm wilkerson's there he came to watch the show okay our uh, friend of the show he was here for cop rock uh mike kaplan's like hey you're norm wilkerson aren't you what I, yeah and he's like yeah and he's like oh man i guess he knew him from like dc or whatever. Oh, okay but he like knew him as a co- like he didn't know, like he didn't know him. Know him? He had bought Norm's CD. Like what? he knew him as like he was a fan of Norm's. That's so weird and funny. It's fucking crazy. Uh, but I guess he knew him from like the Stanhope days or whatever. Okay, or, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I bought that CD. I remember buying that CD. I loved it so much. And I'm just sitting there, fucking blown, mind blown. He, uh, I just uh, there was one point during during the show, uh, the comic on stage was telling some like some story and. Uh, I don't know why I thought this was as funny as it did, but he was just kind of sitting there, and he kind of just says to no one, just he just goes, "I wonder if this really happened." <laughs> I like, well, I, don't, I mean, it's a joke. I don't know, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he was a nice dude, man. I'm, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm still waiting to host for somebody who's just a fucking dick. Yeah, it hasn't really happened yet, but when it does, it's going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Paul I'm- Mooney. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Fired me. <laughs> And then tried to have the club bring me back when the person they filled in, did, yeah, he didn't like him either, I guess. I really? I don't know how well he did. But yeah, he fired me from a club. I did, I'm, I don't know if I've told this story before. I might have. Um, I might have told it on a podcast. I mean, I've definitely told people this story before. Yeah. But uh, I'm doing a host feature, right? So I'm doing 25 up front cold, bringing up Paul Mooney. It's yeah. a Wednesday night. Uh, I do good. Mooney comes up, does three and a half hours at Cap City on a Wednesday night. Uh, show was sold out when it started. There were maybe 20 people left by the Holy end of it. Shit. 30 maybe. Um, I am... Like, I'm doing that thing where after like 45 minutes, I go up to the side of the stage. because You know, he's been lit. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I go up to the side of the stage to wait to bring him off. I'm like sitting down in like this, that's the right wing. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just watching. Uh, and like... Half hour goes by, like 15 minutes go by. I'm like, oh, he's probably wrapping up. Half an hour goes by. I'm like, oh, he's really going long. 45 minutes go by. I'm like, well, okay, this is something. An hour. And now I'm like, uh, do you remember, um, oh, fuck, what was his name? Travis, used hmm? to work at the club, yeah, yeah. is bringing me shots because he feels bad for me waiting there. Oh, geez. But now, now I have to pee, but I can't leave because in my, in my head, it's an hour over. He's going to be getting off any second now. So I'm like two hours later. Two hours later, he gets off stage. That was fucking mine, and I, I went up and I'm fucking wasted. I am hammered at this point because Travis keeps bringing me shots. Yeah. Uh, 
And I was like, holy shit, three and a half hours, I say to Paul Booty. And Paul's like, and not a dip in laughter. And I was like, okay. If that's what you experienced, I don't know. And the 20 people here agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I get a call the next morning from, uh, from Chandy, and she's like, uh, Mr. Mooney really wants to have a woman open. And I was like, ooh, I just got fired for my first... Holy shit. Comedy week. This is like kind of cool. I was like, I just, I laughed in the phone. Chandy's like, I'm sorry. She's like, we're still going to pay you for the week. And I was like, oh, fucking this club's tight. Yeah. Uh, I pick up some shifts because like I'd already given up my shifts, like my bar shifts. I was working at the time. Uh, I give up my shifts uh, thinking I got it. So I pick up more because I'm like, oh, I'm fired. Yeah. Try to make some money. Uh, The following day, not that night, there's more shows that night. The next day, I get a call back in the club and they're like, Mr. Mooney would really love it if you could come back and finish out the week. Oh, and no. I'm just fi- giving multiple fingers to the phone <laughs> while I'm talking. Just like, oh, you can tell him I'm sorry, but it can't really work out. Yeah, That's so, fucking weird. So fuck Paul Mooney. I always think I'm going to He also fired. said to me when I walk, when I he first walked into the club, I was at the bar in a small room. And I see him. And I was, oh, Mr. Mooney, I'm Chris Cubis. I'm, op- I'm open for you tonight. And he goes, uh, he's, he's like, you ain't opening for me. You look like a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> and to this what? day, and to this day, I'm like, maybe he's just afraid of werewolves. Maybe that's why he had to fire me. He's just not comfortable around lupines. Lupines. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think I'm gonna get fired. Every every gig I do there or anywhere, I always assume like I wake up next day. Even if the gig goes well, I'm always like, all right, I'm, this is when, coming. This is when they find out. <laughs> hey, you know we just realized you fucking suck, and we don't want you to come back. <laughs> I don't know why we butchered in the first place. I'm real sorry. <laughs> I'm real sorry. It's more on us than you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you yeah, can't it's really say no. Our fault at this point. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, okay, let's do it. We might as well jump into it. Oh hell yeah! So, as you may know, we are doing Colcheck the Night Stalker. Uh, it's the new show. For a little background, now, had you ever heard of this show until I brought it up to you? No. Okay. It was, there was a, it, so there's a series, but it was initially based on two uh, very successful TV movies. Yeah. Uh, the first one, The Night Stalker, at the time it aired, was the most successful TV movie in ABC history. It had a 33 rating and a 54 share. Now, if people don't know what that means, that means of all the televisions, watch, of all the people watching TV at that moment, 54% of them were watching The Night Stalker. That's so weird. That's not a thing that can happen now. No. Right? Like, there's too many platforms, there's too many things, but there was a moment in America where, like, all of America is going to be watching the same thing. Uh, Roots. Right, that was uh, you one. know that was a big one. Uh, I feel like there was like a uh, what was like North and South it was like a Civil War miniseries that was real popular. The moon also, landing, the the moon pretty landing, popular. pretty big one. Uh, the Bruder film when they put the, <laughs> the when they put the uh, unreleased cut and the Night Stalker, a weird, a weird, so weird seventies ass, almost private eye. I it, I don't know. We should just get into it. Yeah, let's go. What did you think of this show? I fucking liked it. Man. I really love this movie a lot. Like I, I kind of thought. I mean, I know the theme of this podcast are shows that have been canceled, so mm. I'm like, this is going to be kind of a slog. But I kind of like stuff like that. Sure. I like shitty 
movies. I like shitty stuff. Right. I don't know why. And then while this show is, while this podcast is about things that are canceled, they're not always bad. Okay. You know, Freaks and Geeks has been canceled. That's Firefly. True, yeah. That's all true. these shows, you know, we've done a bunch of shows that I genuinely like. We just finished my so-called life. Okay. iconic show. So not, we also do Cop Rock. Some of them stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you should do the Magic Hour. Yeah. Magic <laughs> Johnson's talk show. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if those are available. That's <laughs> a rough one. But yeah, dude, so I, I was like, well, this, this might be like kind of like weird and not that great. And like, I was like, man, like halfway through, I was like, I kind of dig this, yeah, dude. I felt like it grabbed me right away, that weird, like, it felt like 70s tabloid television. Yeah. Like tabloid jerk, like those old magazine shows yeah, yeah, you yeah. have. Because it's like, the opening is hit, it was like him in voiceover kind of setting up the story. And he's like, 23-year-old so-and-so murdered in the street or whatever. And it's like, sexy 70s, like, yeah. jazz saxophone playing in the background. And Every like anything shot in the seventies just automatically feels sleazy. Yo, yeah, sleazy and gritty. Like like you, I bet if they had like just seventies footage of the White House, it'd be like, who's fucking in here? <laughs> like it's just so cre, it's so sleazy. Gross. It just feels like a porn set. Every no matter what is shot. I th- yeah, the music helps with that too. Like because oh, like seventies sure. for some reason people nowadays even to this day when people make jokes about. Porn, they do that like wow, chicka wow, yeah, chicka, and like yeah. there's no music in porn anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah, just yeah, some yeah, creep yeah. with like a camcorder he bought ten years ago. You know, what I mean? like it's, <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah, production this anymore. Is exactly. So I think just because that was the time that kind of music was popular, then that's why that's the music. So the music uh, adds to that. One thing that I really liked the '70s vibe at the beginning of it. There's this thing now with like when you watch like Sin City or like True Detective or any of these shows where like. If you're like a dude and you're like a hard boiled tough guy, your voice is this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Desiridis, yeah. you talk like that. But like, he just had like a normal he voice. Sounds like a guy. It, he sounded yeah, like yeah, a dude. Yeah, he sounded yeah, like yeah. a fucking grown up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, Batman, yeah, yeah. I love those Batman movies, but when he talks like this, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, you're an adult. <laughs> stop. Yeah, you stop. Don't. <laughs> you don't sound like that. Particularly in Batman, because like, we know how you sound. We've met Bruce Wayne. Like, I know what your voice is. You have a 401k. Fucking knock it off. It's just weird. So the fact that he was, like, kind of this, not, like, tough guy necessarily, but just, like, that he was... The, uh, there's grit to it. There's grit to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, he, there's a grit to him in the sense of, like, like a Columbo detective. Not a hard-boiled detective, but just a guy, maybe a couple days growth. At one point, he takes his shirt off, and he's got, a, like, a multi-year growth. He is, an uh, like, I love the 70s for the fact that, like, that was supposed to be him looking sexy. Like, he's in, like, blue, he's in, like, baby blue pants, <laughs> but he takes his shirt off, and he's, like, having a, co- like, having a it's, drink That part chick. is so funny. I wrote it down. I, I wrote down in my notes. It seemed like in the 70s, men were always shirtless. <laughs> because you're right. That, the level of sexiness for dudes now is, like... Now, like, there's this thing where, like, we have to, like, keep up with, like, how sexy the, the, the pretty ladies are. Yeah, where they, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. work hard, and they work out, and they, and they look good. And, like, but back <laughs> in the day, you nope. could just be a sexy dude. It looked like shit. Yeah. You just take your shirt off. It's like, oh, that's a man with a shirt off. He's yeah. obviously attractive. Like, it's, like, a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's like, it, nowadays, every dude has to be the rock or, yeah. like, chiseled and yeah. cut. And no man was chiseled before 1986. <laughs> it did not exist. Yeah. Every dude was just sort of barrel-chested, like a little bit of a gut, but not a gut in the way that, like, it sticks out past his chest, you know what I mean? He's just, like, round on top, kind of stick legs. Yeah. That was just hot dude at the time. That's what it was. It's so fucking funny. Uh, so, the, so the overall premise of the show is... Uh, 
Kolchek, I believe his name is Carl Kolchek, yep. uh, is a, the main character, is a reporter in Las Vegas, and there are some murders happening. And what I really love about, what I really love about this movie, in many ways, is it never, it never tries to not be about what it's about. So basically the premise is, there's these murders, go, these young women are being found murdered, uh, there's like three or four of them over a span of a couple of days, uh, they're all found with giant fang marks in their neck, no blood, often in places where they couldn't have just gotten. Like right. they find I actually dig the gag of like they come upon this like dead, like this dry riverbed that's all sand, and the corpse is like in the middle of it, but there's no footprints anywhere around yeah. it. And Cholchik's like, Whoa, is this guy real strong or something? Uh, <laughs> but they're like and imme- and and immediately Kolchak's like, I, I, Sounds a lot like a vampire, but he's like, uh, maybe it's like a crazy person. It's got to be a crazy person who thinks he's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a perfectly reasonable assumption to make. Uh, the, uh, for some reason, the police are furious at him for coming upon this information, <laughs> which is, the, they're so mad. That's like, we- The weird thing about his relationship with these cops is that he's like, hey, I found this stuff. I love that there's multiple points in this movie where like, he shows up and he's talking to the cops and he's like, yeah, I heard there was a body down on Fifth Street. And they're like, how do you know that? It's like, he's a reporter. Yeah, like, what, what his, you, one is his whole job. They're shocked that he knows facts. It makes no sense. They get mad at him for asking questions at what appears to be a press conference? I do not understand. <laughs> there's like a bunch of reporters and people like listening in. They're talking about the latest murder. Like They have like the coroner, I guess the coroner's inquest or whatever. And the coroner says something about like uh the type of bite mark like the, the puncture wounds in the neck and he's and like Kolchek says something to the effect of like like a like they you guys like it looks like it might be like a dog or something the coroner says uh except that there's like human saliva around the holes and he's like well dogs don't have human saliva and the police are like what the hell is this they're so <laughs> mad and he's even asking a like a perfectly reasonable question yes. they are just furious <laughs> at him at every turn uh, which I actually really enjoyed. But what I mean to say about the point, like, it's like maybe, so this movie, uh, with, without commercials, I, we watched it without commercials, about an hour and 15 minutes. I would say by the minute, by minute, make 25, it is absolutely a vampire. Yeah. There's nothing else it could possibly be. Uh, it has interact. the vampire has interacted with the police. He's uh, thrown them around. Thrown them around. Been shot multiple times, not Point fallen. blank range. Uh, like, four cops jump on me, flings him off himself. Uh, he looks like a vampire. Like, he might as well be wearing a cape. Like, everything about this guy seems <laughs> vampire. And yet, it's that thing of, like, cult, like your hero's the only guy who sees what's happening or yeah, will yeah. admit it. And it just, it works so perfectly in this. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it because, like, the cops are so bad in this movie. They're, they suck so bad. And, like, every time he says anything... The thing that I wrote down that I thought was interesting is that, like, they want... They're always like, all right, but... If we don't get this, you got to leave town. Yes, like, sure. <laughs> and like, it's so funny because they want him to leave town, not necessarily because he's like interfering or he's like fucking stuff up. They just think he's dumb. Right. They're, like, they're like, no, that a vampire? You're an idiot. Get the fuck out. Like, you have yeah, to leave. We yeah. don't. You're so stupid. You have to move. You have to move. <laughs> yeah. And they're in Vegas. It's a city based on people yeah. fucking uh, gambling away their life safe. It's based on stupidity. Like, yeah. you need people like Kolchak <laughs> around. Uh, what I really, but I, so Kolchak has a very iconic hat that he wears throughout the whole, uh, the whole thing. Uh, he's such a, like, I don't know. He was, I guess you were supposed to think of him as cool. 
I think so. But, like, the idea of what was cool then, like, it goes back to, like, the sexiness, but, like, even the fact that he's supposed to be cool, he's wearing, like, a straw boater when it, st- <laughs> when it starts. He looks like he's in a barbershop quartet. He's wearing four, he's wearing, like, blue, like a baby blue sports coat through the whole movie. He, I don't know if he changes his clothes once. He looks like a traveling con artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, He looks yeah. like he's going to sell them a monorail or something. <laughs> like, he fucking, he, yeah, his outfit is very odd. I like the hat, but, like... It is a kind of a weird seventies, like. Yet I'm immediately, I like immediately like him. Yeah, like he's he's capable and smart. He's that guy, like as the reporter who has all the connections. Uh, like he's got somebody in the morgue, he's got somebody in the police, he's got somebody at the yeah. the phones on the, the the whatever where they the transfers or whatever. Um, I do like the beginning. I, I, we're jumping around a lot. They get through the initial setup very quickly. I feel like it's ten minutes in and there's been five murders. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like boom, 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 boom. Which I think works because it's not dragging out. And particularly the fact that like by the you know, a third of the way into that movie, the police have interacted with this vampire. It fe- has this feeling of inevitability that isn't like forced. It's just like, oh, there's this fucking vampire. Nobody's listening to our hero. He's eventually going to have to deal with this. I wonder how he does it. Yeah. I just really enjoyed that vibe. Well, what I really liked about it is that I thought the whole time I was watching the movie, even when like they have at the end their big confrontation or whatever, yeah. I, I was thinking like, okay, he's going to show up. He's finally going to meet this guy. Yeah. He's going to go, oh, he's not a vampire. He's a guy who thinks he's a vampire. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But he was just a straight up vampire. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, he's, he's actually because I was like monster face makeup yeah. on and shit. Yeah. I was thinking like they're gonna get to the end and they're gonna explain how he's able to throw that body and not leave footprints. How right, he's able right, to right, survive right, multiple right. gunshot wounds. And it was just nope, he's just a vampire. Yep, yeah, he yeah. was right. He was totally right this whole time. Um, there's but so throughout the movie, it's there's all these voiceovers. So the the gimmick of the movie, it, I should say that it opens with him in a hotel somewhere again, shirtless. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's recording essentially the book on tape. He's recording the story of the events, and he's like, I'm going to tell you the events of what happened. Uh, it's up to you to find them believable or not. Uh, and then he starts telling the story. throughout the mo- So throughout the movie, it, there's this voiceover gimmick where he's like, you know, setting up the next scene and voiceover. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually very effective. I really enjoy it. Except for the moments where he's a goddamn creep. Uh-huh. <laughs> at, at one point, he's talking about one of the victims, and he goes, "She stood five foot eight and hundred and twenty-five luscious pounds." <laughs> Ugh! God, it's so gross. Like you're talking about a dead woman. Yeah. That is not nice. I love that in the seventies, even the good guys were just monsters. Just monsters <laughs> for certain. Um, Her body was still warm. Like, oh, gross. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's a great meltdown that I really enjoyed. Where, uh, uh, so Kolchak keeps going back to So he has this relationship with his, uh, his editor, Vincenzo. This fucking uh, guy. I love this guy. I love him so much. And I love that he's back in the next movie. Inexplicably. It, it makes no sense. And he's also just that much more angry. Uh, his, his editor is essentially the character that's like the lieutenant who's had it up to here with this shit. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. And he just can't take Kolchak anymore. And he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm supposed to print some shit about a vampire. You gotta bring me proof. Proof, I say. But, Which... In his defense, isn't that insane of a request? not that insane, except (laughs) I will say that Kolchak just keeps coming back with more and more evidence of this vampire, particularly photos he took of this guy throwing police (laughs) around willy-nilly. I like that, too. Uh, I'll come back to what I was saying about the editor, but uh, so there's a first interaction where they finally, they figure out uh, this guy has 
has a car initially, and they figure out where this guy bought this car. They go track him down to this uh, uh, car dealership. Oh yeah, and that guy's awesome. They're talking. To, first off, it's a car dealership that's open at night, which is weird. It's like, like 9.30. It's way, it's way dark. It's very dark. And the well, guy, it's last call. We better get ready for all the people coming in. And the guy literally says at one point, so he's like, he, he the, the guy's telling the story of what happened. And he's saying that, like, uh, he quoted this guy a price, and the guy told me it was $300 too much, which sounds great like nothing to us, but this is like 1972. That's two cars. So you lot, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of money. Uh, and this guy's like, you know, I got this feeling like, don't mess with this guy. He's the, the guy. Uh, he's the type of guy that'll get turned you off. Oh, I'm sorry, I gotta run this down here. I fucked it up. Uh, it's enough to keep a guy from working nights, is what he says about this guy. But he says woiken, woiken, woiken nights, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> uh, so they track him down via the car, uh, and they have this inter- uh, this initial interaction with uh, the cops and the vampire. But Kolchak is there, and he's just like. Like in the middle of this fight, there's like uh, eight cops are shooting at this guy, jumping on him, and Kolchak's just in like <laughs> six feet behind everybody, just snapping pictures, not trying to get involved. So unfazed by the whole he thing, doesn't give a shit. He's such a great reporter that like nothing can phase him. Uh, um, Those fight scenes were '70s fight scenes are always so funny because I, it's a dude getting punched once yeah. and then he just throws everyone he throws one guy out the window and no one <laughs> mentions it did you notice that yeah like at the hospital so they start getting that's the other the evidence of this dude's vampirism is non-stop he keeps showing up at hospitals and stealing blood <laughs> like bottles and bottles of blood when they when they finally so there's like a report of that happening but eventually we see it uh, uh Kolchak I think has, has chased him to this hospital or whatever but like uh, a nurse walks in, sees him at the like blood fridge, and screams and goes gets help or whatever. But when he's there, he's looking at them like you look at milk for the expiration date. Yeah, like he's like picking one up and looking at turning it around. And he puts that down. And he picks up another <laughs> one. I just love that move. Uh, but yeah, he be like I. What I really like about seventies fight scenes is now everybody. If you're in a fight scene, you are a trained assassin. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like a perfect martial artist. There's all this complicated shit. 70s fight scenes is just somebody grabbing someone by the shoulder and <laughs> smashing him into objects. Yeah. Like pushing him into a bookshelf, hitting him into a wall. That is like, there's a, a, brutal, a brutality to that that feels more realistic. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, That's how people fight in real life. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They just smash into each other a bunch. They just lunge around and then like one of them yeah. gets a hit and then the, the, the person's, you know, instantly on the ground. Right. But like, it's just so funny that that's how they fought back then it's just like it's it's like how you'd fight with your brother growing up just like you would just because like you would never f- just deck him in the face that's yeah, fucking crazy yeah, 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 yeah. but it's you really fucking... wanted because you get in trouble right. you just really wanted to physically hurt them so you throw <laughs> them against stuff uh there's a great moment with uh, the editors what i was talking about i was trying to get back to where uh he says they're sort of having this fight about like why he won't air stuff and uh and Kolchak goes, this is news! News! And we are a news paper! <laughs> I just, he's so like, it's the journalistic integrity for him that's yeah. so important, but they're talking about vampires. I just love it so much. <laughs> One thing that's interesting about it is that we don't really, because it's like, they cut to the chase pretty quickly, so yeah. we don't really know anything about Kolchak. We don't know if like, it just seems like he immediately was like, oh, this is clearly a vampire. Like, there, there wasn't a moment where he was like, wait, I know what I saw, but am I going insane? Well, the initial, like, it starts with him going, oh, this must be, uh, 
uh, a guy who thinks this is, he's a crazy person who thinks he's a vampire, but then he sees the crazy violence, and he's like, oh no, all the other stuff that says vampire, plus superhuman strength, and a guy that looks like a fucking vampire. Yeah. And they, they do that shot where it's like just the vampire's eyes. Yeah. Everything else is shadow. Like, it's just really, really enjoyable. Yeah, I I think it's, it's I, I like it, man. Like, it's 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 a good, it's like a fun movie. I would recommend this for, if, if, if you're listening to this, you should definitely watch it, man. You should it's, definitely it's watch it. Uh, like, I would stop this and go back and watch it and then pick this up later yeah um there's also they they, keep he runs into the like there are at least two scenes where the vampire is fighting off these cops there's a hospital scene and there's that scene at the pool uh which i love so much and then eventually the uh kolchak's girlfriend who is way too hot for kolchak oh yeah kolchak is like a 22 year old blonde bombshell girlfriend who's like ironing his clothes (laughs) (laughs) the 70s man it was was just great Um, just young women dieting your clothing yeah, yeah, while yeah. He, you're drinking a cocktail shirtless. He's sitting shirtless drinking a cocktail. A woman in lingerie is ironing his clothing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Incredible, uh, man. Um, Fucking Christ. <laughs> uh, it's, it's ridiculous. But so he eventually shows up to, he's like, she gives him this book on vampires. And he's like, oh, yeah, everything he says in here is happening in real life. They find out. They, like, get his fingerprints off of something or whatever, and they basically, they find out that he's, like, 70 years old. Yeah. This guy's name is, like, I don't know, some, like, Bosnian fucking Eastern Eastern European name. And they trace him back to, like, he had inherited a bunch of money, and then he's just been, like, traveling through Europe, and every time he, like, leaves a place, there's been a string of murders. Uh, exactly murders like this of women turning up with no fucking blood in their bodies. Uh, it's so crazy. It's, it's, and like everyone's like, God, it can't be. But then Kolchak <laughs> is like, all right, he, he shows up and there's a scene and they do it in this movie and they do it in the follow-up, The Night Strangler as well, which we'll talk about in a minute, where he does the Columbo where he kind of breaks it, lays down all the facts, proves to everybody he's right about what's going on. But his is so much better because it comes with this air of like, uh, eat a dick like he's so like like it's not just him being like yeah you know I said this and this but he's like I fucking told you so stupid now what are you gonna do about it like he's yeah. so upset he gets so pissed at these guys and he, as well he should because he's yeah. tired of it and then he shows up with and he's like well here's what you're gonna do now I've proved, told you I'm right I went to my friend who makes a, has a furniture store or a furniture repair place I had to make a bunch of these steaks. He's, he pulls out a wooden mallet, yeah. which I don't think even existed in the 70s. It's like an 1800s tool. <laughs> he pulls out a wooden mallet. He's like, you're going to drive one of these into his heart. Uh, you're going to wait until sundown because during the day, or you're going to wait till sunup because during the day he's, or during the night he's impervious. You track him to his house. When the sun goes up, you drive one of these steaks into his fucking chest, and that's what you're going to do. And the cops are like, hey, we can't... Uh, we can't do that because that's murder. Like, which they're absolutely right. Yeah, in a weird way. Like, in a like, weird I know way. it's vampires, but like at the end of the day, there's a dude, there's a seventy year old man who they have a history, like a life, they have records of and shit. Right. They can't just show up and drive a fucking snake through his heart. But you know who can? Fucking fuck, Kolchak guy. Kolchak there. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. That guy is ready to murder. He hates this vampire. Yeah. So much. Um, but I love too is. So he eventually he has some guy he knows who's like a a, a gambler, uh, but he's also somehow tied into real estate. That was weird. Yeah, he basically said, has him like hunt down if anybody under his name is like rented a house. Why the police aren't doing that? I'm not sure. I mean, there was a lot of weird stuff where the cops were like, "We can't tell anyone about this." It's like, <laughs> well, but why? why? 
You're just reporting facts. Like, yeah, you yeah, could just yeah, say, yeah, yeah. hey, this lady was found with bite marks, blood's gone. Draw your own conclusion. No one's, no one's going to be like, what? No, there's yeah. medical records yeah, that show there's no blood. Bite marks, human saliva around the bite marks, no blood. Uh, but also, like, Kolchak's whole thing, even in the beginning, is like, they're not reporting on these murders, even as just murders. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, regardless of if there's fucking a vampire or not, five fucking women have been killed in the last six days the public needs to be aware that there's a lunatic, you know what I'm saying, like like killing people. Yeah, the cop's like, well, give it like five or six more murders. Yeah. And then we'll probably... <laughs> so he, he he gets the address and he uh, tells uh, the guy the guy who gave him the address to wait half an hour and then tell the cops because he wants the exclusive. He's still That's, a fucking reporter. He does that in both movies. I know. He'll just be like, all right, come back with the cops in a half an hour. hour. It's like, yeah. you're going to be dead. Yeah, I love it, though, because he's a fucking reporter. It makes so much perfect sense to this guy's character because one, he's willing to just show up around vampires like he's not afraid of shit. Yeah, but he wants his goddamn byline. Uh, so he shows up. <laughs> he shows up to the house, and I thought that scene at the house was really good. Yeah, it's like five minutes of no music, just him walking around this creepy ass yeah. fucking house, like taking pictures. They, they build tension really well with this. Yeah, and he opened up the fridge. There's all the bottles of blood from the hospital, and that reveal. So we should say that. They keep saying four, possibly five murders, because they didn't find the fifth body. Yeah. Um, They find a dead dog. The woman had a dog in her car, and she sicked it on the vampire and killed the dog. But they haven't found her. Uh, And then the reveal, when he's walking around the house, and they open it up, and they found she's in that bed all gaunt because he's just been, like, using her as a blood bag, just taking blood and blood and blood from her. I feel like that's a bit that's been done now. But if you had watched that in 1972, it would have blown yeah. your fucking mind. Because she's just, like, tied to this bed. She's got, like, a hospital IV thing that's pulling blood from her. And just, like, it's very fucking creepy. Yeah, it's and, a like, creepy... The reveal is really well done. And the way that it's lit, too. Yeah. Like, like, like there's not a lot of light, and you just see that, and you're like, oh, jeez. Like, that's... And it kind of, like, he walks in, and, like, at first doesn't... The way they film it, he kind of walks in, and then there's, like, a pause. Right. And then they show it. And you're yeah, like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing? And it also has that... The house is, like, strewn with trash. It has that feeling of, like, a, like a serial killer lives there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, no one else is coming in this house. There's just garbage everywhere. It's just it's, really gross. It's, like, it, it reminds me of... I feel like everyone I knew growing up had an abandoned house they would hang out in and get drunk in okay. when they were 14. Like, now, that's what that house was like. You say that. Where are you from? Uh, Northern Virginia. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. Because uh, we, I was just watching my so-called life with Daniel for this podcast, and they have that as well. I did not. Daniel did not. None of us had the abandoned house. Oh, really? Also, they didn't just... My so-called life is a little weird because they also just use it as a fuck house. Like, there's, like, bedrooms, <laughs> oh, and everyone's oh, like, oh, this is where everyone goes to fuck, and people just wait for their turn to go fuck in the house. It's That's weird. weird. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't hang out in abandoned houses as well. I loved I loved that house, man. We we go to this place. This guy, uh, the guy lived there who like was squatting there was named Pete, and uh, yeah, we'd go hang out. Uh, Pete wasn't there a lot, uh, and Pete I believe went to jail. Sure. But yeah, there was like this. It's not there anymore. They knocked it down. They put like an actual house there. But yeah, we would just break into this house and just hang out and like drink and like everyone did it. There was like tons, just trash graffiti. everywhere, graffiti, yeah, 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 yeah. like. Creepy graffiti, you know what I mean? Where, where like you look at it, you're like, I don't know what the context of this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like dark bones. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Just something weird like that. Yeah, that was great. But that's yeah, that's what that house reminded me. Of. Yeah, uh, the vampire obviously come home. It's a confrontation. Kolchak's uh, prepared. He's got a fucking cross that works for a while. Yeah. Uh, his cop buddy shows up. 
eventually, there's a bit of a fight. The vampire throws Kolchak onto what appears to be a very large pile of blankets and pillows. So and funny. It's literally like everybody else is being thrown through walls, into bookcases. Kolchak lands so <laughs> gently on this beautiful pile of, like, clean linen. It's so ridiculous. Uh, it, uh, I love it. Uh, uh, eventually, they figure out, they open the blinds, they do the move where they let the sunlight in. That weakens him enough that Kolchak can drive this fucking stake into his heart, which he does. No fucking hesitation. Yeah, that part was cool as shit. Yeah, where yeah, he, where yeah, he just yeah. put the thing down and just Whack. murdered him. And yeah, then the yeah. cops come in. And it's so funny because when the, the cops come in right as he's driving the stake through yeah, his like heart. The second, the second hit they walk in on. Like and the, the stake's in his heart. And then he does one more as the cops are walking The in. look on their faces is so funny. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I feel like if I'm a cop, especially in like Vegas, I'd feel like, well, I've seen it all. Then yeah. I walk into it a, like a house, and it's just a reporter in a silly hat yeah. and murdering a, a man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, "Whoa!" with a with like a fucking nineteen oh one goddamn yeah, yeah. mallet. I'd be like, "This is weird." It's super weird. It's fucking. Uh, funny, but then man. what I really enjoy is it just cuts. Kolchak's in his apartment. Yep. Uh, and it's like, oh, or Kolchak's, I think, at the uh, at the uh, newspaper office. Actually, yeah, at his apartment. Uh, and he's like, yeah. You know, here's the story. It's great. The editor's like, yeah, the story's real good. Um, the DA wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> and he shows up, and the DA's there with the fucking police, like, head of the police who's been yelling at him this whole time. And Cole Jackson's in such a good mood. Cole Jackson's so pumped. He killed the fucking vampire. He saved the day. He's got a great story. Did you There's know? A, he's got, not only did he find a real-life vampire, he has a room full of witnesses to that. Also, like, reputable witnesses. Yeah. He's got police officers and whatnot that can attest that he has killed a vampire and saved the day and wrote a great story <laughs> yeah, about it. Not only did he meet an actual vampire, he murdered the vampire. Yeah, yeah, he won. He's the hero. He's, he's the great king mood. of the... He, he gets to write a story that is awesome, and he's the hero in it. It's every reporter's dream. Yeah. Uh, the cop is immediately like, you're cold, Jack, you live it, whatever, whatever, whatever. He's like, what are you talking about? Of course, you know where I live. And he goes, oh, you're under arrest for murder. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, uh, eight cops walked in and watched you drive a stake through a man's heart. You're under arrest for murder. Uh, <laughs> yes, so many cops. Also, the sheriff's name is Sheriff Butcher. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. The least subtle thing. Oh, but, oh, we supposed to not like this guy? Right, oh, right, okay. Right. Um, and it turns out essentially, and this is the only part that I'm not 100, like, I don't 100% like or really get. They're like, look, we want you out of town. We don't want anybody to know about this vampire shit. So uh, we've got you dead to rights on murder. Move, never come back, and whatever. It's fine. If you cut your face in Vegas again, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. Yeah. Why is the Why are the police of Las Vegas so vested in covering up vampires? I don't. Are yeah. one of them a vampire? Like, there's no like. There's nothing where they benefit from covering up the vampire, and there's really nothing where they are where it's detrimental for them to admit that there's a vampire. I think right? I think that the reason they might want that is they probably might not want to admit and the public's like when the story comes out, the public might be like, Oh, so this guy's been telling you this whole the time it's a vampire yeah, and you yeah, weren't yeah. listening, so maybe uh, I guess. that's it. But, but they are so like they're just and like his buddy is like, Yeah, it's nothing I can do about it, but like he's got a cop his cop friend. Yeah. Who was there with him there fighting with the vampire? It's like, yeah, man, just you know, it's nothing I can do. And like, his girlfriend was gonna move; they were gonna move to New York because he's gonna like, oh, I'm gonna get a great job off of this fucking article or whatever. Uh, he's they're like, let me go get. She's like, they've got all the shit packed, 
already. They're like, here's yeah. the bags, get the fuck out. And he's like, where's Jocelyn or whatever her name is? And like, she's already been, uh, she's an undesirable element. She's been asked to leave town. That was they, like, ran strange. her out of town, too. She's just a waitress. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what her problem was. I don't, like, I don't quite was. get why they made her leave. Right. But, yeah, that, that was kind of odd. But, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's funny because I feel like in the 70s, Cops could just make you leave town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if thing. you're just... Well, like, I also feel like it's like... I mean, Vegas is a big city, so it's more of a... Like, I feel like now, if you're in, like, Podunk, wherever, cops can't just make you leave. They'll just crazy. drive you into town or kill you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're murderers. I just, it just reminded me of, like... <laughs> it just reminded me of, like, the beginning of uh, Rambo. Yeah, he's exactly. Just he's just walking. To... <laughs> he's literally just walking through town, and they're just, like, well, you should leave. You're and undesirable. Like, well, maybe I don't want to leave now. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. wasn't he leaving? He was just going, literally walking yeah, yeah. through the town. Right. <laughs> they were like, all it was. you gotta go. Well, I'm not going to now. Okay. Yeah. Turns yeah. out I'm a fucking crazy person. Uh, so, yeah, I actually, I really enjoy that it does not work out for Kolchak. He's just forced out of town. Yeah. The story is not run. He is telling this story on the like on the end and he says like he like so it goes back to him in the hotel that we start from and he's telling the story into this tape recorder or it's like the tape recorder's just playing the story while he's like drinking yeah and uh it's, it's like uh yeah uh, believe it or not it's up to you there's no like all the case files have been destroyed blah 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 uh but ask yourself this why was this man and the all the victims instantly cremated because if a vampire is if you're killed by a vampire then you become a vampire unless the body's destroyed. Except that the main vampire wasn't killed by a vampire. He was just killed by Kolchak, so I don't, that doesn't really hold up. He's already dead. Oh, yeah. But also, it doesn't matter. I get the idea. That's his bit of like lingering of, like, that's the proof or whatever. That's not proof, but it's, like, coincidental, like, uh, circumstantial. Uh, and that's it. Shit ends poorly for Kolchak. It's very 70s ending. Yeah. I fucking love it. I really enjoyed this show, this movie. I really did, too. I feel like that's, to go back to the whole 70s thing, I feel like they used to do that a lot more in movies back sure. then, where, like, sometimes you'd be like, well, that's not a good ending. It's not a happy ending at all. And <laughs> yeah. now, like, everything has to be happy after reshooting. Yeah, yeah, things, yeah. Kolchak wouldn't want to fucking pull it, sir, or some yeah. shit. Like, it would just been huge. Uh, it'd be like vampires would be known, but no, he just has to leave. He just loses. He just loses. He wins Everything. and then loses, and I fucking I think it's great. And it leads exactly perfectly into the second TV movie that will lead into the eventual TV series, which we'll also be covering, The Night Strangler. Yeah. Um. Uh. One little bit of tidbit: the Night Stalker was a very famous serial killer. Shortly thereafter, in the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez killed a bunch of people in Los oh, Angeles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, it, like go- the Google search can get a little tricky, so be careful. Yeah, be careful. Uh, <laughs> but the Night Strangler <laughs> is this, the follow-up TV movie because this one was so popular. Obviously, they're going to do a sequel. Uh, I like this one too. Yeah, it's, I did too. It there they did a thing that they often will do with sequels, and it can be annoying. Although I feel it worked pretty well here. Where they they kind of amped up the humor a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's it's a little. It's funny because at first I was like, it was there was a lot more humor. It got a little silly, and I was like, well, I don't know about this one. But then halfway through, it still works. Like when he and goddamn it, what's that, what, Vincenzo? That's his name, the editor. Yeah. When they're just screaming at it, they're like screaming at each other. It is the funniest goddamn it's thing. It's crazy. I just wish all their dialogue was them just yelling at each other. It's all so of, funny. I kind of think all of Vincenzo's dialogue is yelled. <laughs> I did not go back and check, He's but so he yells upset. so much He's so all the time. Mad. So, all right, this is what I really I love the opening so much. So basically, 
uh, it's a very similar thing. We've got the same voiceover opening hit, like him talking into a tape recorder. The facts are as such. This uh, 25-year-old Marissa, who is uh, very hot, but they yeah. also... You pointed out earlier. He said, "How's he, he says it?" Real? So he starts. I watched this like three times. I was dying laughing. It starts off this like lady's walking out, and he's doing the voiceover, and he's like, "23 years old, belly dancer named Marissa." <laughs> like, yeah, Wait, yeah. what? Why are you saying it like that? There's two uh, things in here. Well, that I that I don't know are supposed to be funny or not. No. There's that one, and then later on, there's I don't know what the fuck this scene was supposed to mean, oh, no. but there's a weird part. Where this guy is singing "My Blue Heaven," and he's singing it so badly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when yeah. he's done, everyone's and like, a "Huge applause!" So, I didn't know if I, I I initially thought it was supposed to be karaoke, but it's clearly not. No, it's like so a I don't know what it was. It was very. Weird. It was fucking weird. I don't know if, if that's something where back then people were like, "Oh yeah, that guy. He was famous in Seattle." Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. maybe like, like the Florence Foster Jenkins. What's that movie? Have you seen it? Which one? Uh, it's a new movie with uh, Meryl Streep. She oh, plays no. this like socialite who. Tried to become a singer. She has a terrible voice. Oh, weird! But, like everyone just pretended it's like she because she was such a nice person. Or oh, okay. It's a real story. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's like when you see Bob Dylan now and he can't sing, but you still like are like, oh, cool. Yeah, and maybe yeah, that's yeah, what that was. Maybe. But it was. It's so funny. Yeah, because I, uh, I thought it was Billy Barty at first. They like he's like his old withered man. <laughs> um, so here's what I fucking love. So uh, uh, so Kolchak's been run out of town. They're, so in Seattle. they're in Seattle. It's in Seattle now. Uh, he's in Seattle now, whatever. And for whatever reason, Vincenzo, the editor, is now also in Seattle. Of course. Um, poorly explained. I'm not sure if it's ever at all explained. But he walks into this fucking bar, and you just hear, and you, I mean, you know it's Kolchak, but you don't see him. You hear this voice yelling about this vampire that he had a fight. And fucking Vincenzo's like, oh, Son of a bitch. And he's like, tell me, is there a guy in a fucking dumb hat over there yelling about bullshit? <laughs> like, he's so mad. He's, he's just immediately just fallen. Yeah. Uh, and what I really love is that Kolchak is literally just in this bar drunk, yelling at no one and everyone. Like, yeah, the, yeah, he's yeah. not talking to anybody in particular, but he's yelling to everybody about how he had to fight a fucking vampire and that everyone lied and covered it up because that's exactly what would happen to you if you fought a vampire and you knew 100% that there were vampires and everyone lied and you couldn't prove it. You would just be this ruined alcoholic in a bar just screaming... That's why he drives people crazy. It's, that's so funny. It's, yeah. and it's and that's all. He's just like half fallen over in his fucking booth. Uh, I love it so much. Yeah, it's just my favorite. My favorite part of it. and the fact that they continue that guy like repeatedly. He has to tell people like where he came from or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, I was in Seattle. I've tracked this guy. Turned out to be a vampire. Killed him. He just says it so matter of fact. Yeah. multiple times. Like I, it's not. He doesn't go. Look, this is going to sound crazy, crazy yeah, but yeah, yeah. he's like, no, I fucking killed a vampire. Like this is what I did. Yeah. What I love about that opening scene. So when Marissa shows yeah. up, she's like walking, and then she notices like this guy who's like following her and chasing after. Her. So she runs, grabs a cab. She's like, I need help. The cab just leaves for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's like, kind of off, bitch. It's yeah. weird to be like. Like, your job is to, like, that's how you get paid. Right. Like, it's weird. I wonder why that happened. But then what's so strange is that she runs up, I need help. He leaves. So she's just like, fuck it. And she yeah, just yeah. stands there and smokes Those a cigarette, cigarette and waits to die. It's so weird. It's, it's really yeah, it odd. It doesn't make any sense. It uh, is that's so very weird. That's very true. I was also thinking, man, how funny would it be if this Midnight Strangler or whatever was also a vampire? He's like, this fucking guy again? I really, that's kind of what I thought was happening. 
uh, uh, we'll get into the details of the murders in a minute. What I really enjoy too with the interaction with Vincenzo and uh, and and Kolchak, and Kolchak yeah. is that uh, Kolchak's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And uh, he says essentially like, "Oh, you know." Um, he, he explains it very shoddily why he's now in Seattle. He left that job. He's here. He's managing. He's editing some new newspaper. Um, and Colter's like, you fired me! And he goes, I didn't fire you. Head yeah, yeah. over, the, they made you run out of town. He goes, oh, well then you can hire me. And he just immediately hired him. Hires him again! I, I, which I really enjoy because I don't need this whole episode to be, or this whole movie to be about him trying to get his job back and blah blah blah. Get right to it. He's back yeah. into the newspaper, he's got to cover a murder, he's thrown immediately into covering the murders that are happening, which make up the new story. Perfect. I don't need all that bullshit. I don't yeah. need to know. I don't need this to be a phantom menace. I don't care where Darth Vader <laughs> came from. Just fucking get into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a 45-minute chunk that explains where he got his hat. Like, we don't fucking Yeah, 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 Who yeah, cares? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, so, basically, there's murders happening again. There's ha- they're happening a bunch, very quickly. Um, the victims are all found with their throats crushed, like their necks crushed. crushed. Yeah. Their necks are broken, but broken to the sense that they're crushed. Uh, eventually, we find out that a small amount of blood is being taken from their, like, under their scalp with a yeah. hypodermic needle, and that there are, uh, there's evidence that, like, around the neck is decayed human flesh as if they've been strangled by a corpse. Yeah, that was funny. And immediately I'm like, Fuck! If this is a vampire again, I would really enjoy that, and and that's kind of immediately where Kolchak goes. He yeah. is like he's looking at Vincenzo, like Vincenzo, cor- uh, corpse around the neck, yeah. blood's missing. Come on! Uh, he starts to investigate, so he goes to the place where the this is so weird. This is what I mean about the the comedy uh, being amped up in this one. They go to the belly dancing place where the, the first victim Marissa worked, and. Uh, he meets a new woman named Charisma Beauty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charisma Beauty goes to Charisma Beauty's apartment to talk to interview her. Uh, and it's such a dumb gag. They open a door. He's like, and I'm here to, uh, and I go to interview one, Charisma Beauty. And they open a door, and a very unattractive, heavy set, German looking woman enters yeah. the door. And he's like, Charisma Beauty? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole gag. It's like, she's not, her name is not Beauty. And they get nothing from this scene. He shows up. He meets Christmas with Beauty, who is a airhead yeah. of like, like epic proportions. She's literally like, oh, I huh what? Like she's just she should be dead. Like she should <laughs> like if you're that dumb, right? Something should have had, like you should have been hit by a train. Should have walked yeah. into a manhole like an open manhole. Yeah, it's or something. odd. Like there's that big bulky lady is with her, and like it's so interesting. Ain't it- because she just doesn't serve much of a purpose in the movie. She's there to be, like, it's almost, we're almost like to believe they're a couple. I don't, yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure she, if that he was. He calls her. Her husband. She, he calls her her husband at one point. But then she's always there. She's watching her fucking uh, belly dance. She's they like, all, wherever Chris and Beauty is, uh, Wilma, her name turns out to be Wilma is. Wilma. Uh, fucking sucks. Spoiler alert, uh, Chris and Beauty gets killed by the fucking. Uh, walking corpse, which yeah. we find out a very complicated backstory. Very for. weird. But that being said, I enjoy the fact that it is a very unique monster. It is, yeah. Um, but anyway, so Charisma Beauty is in the dressing room uh, with Wilma and the monster who is this re- is a un- hundred and something years old. Uh, 
but he's alive, he's killing people, shows up, and just, like, you expect a woman, like, stands up, and he just brushes her, like, he just smacks her aside, like, out of the way, Tubbo, I'm yeah. here to kill Charisma. <laughs> Kills Charisma, leaves Wilma alive, does not give a fuck about very Wilma odd. at all. Just yeah. knocks me to the side. Very, very odd. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of, like, weird, small roles in this movie that, like, for some reason, that they could have had them be normal people, but they make them so weird. Like, yeah. that secretary is a weirdo. That sure. research guy. is very weird. He had a weird voice. <laughs> I, I envy you. I'm like, yeah. well, this guy's clearly the- It's so funny because every time these weird characters show up, I'm always like, I wonder if that's going to be Are the you going to be the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not. They're just normal people who are fucking weird. So let's break down the main crux, and then we'll get into the details. Mm-hmm. The monster in this movie is... A doctor from the Civil War, yes, uh, named Richard Matthews, uh, who, in order to hide his identity, the fact that he's a hundred something years old, uh, changes his name to Matthew Richards. Really fucking, really goes out on a limb on that one. Um, who, via alchemy, discovers a formula that gives him everlasting life and superhuman strength and superhuman strength. However. Every 21 years, he needs to re-up the formula, otherwise he gets super old. Yeah, like starts um, decaying. He starts decaying. So every 21 years, and we find this out because uh, the researcher at the newspaper that Kolchak and Vincenzo work for now uh, digs into all these old stories about Seattle and finds that every 21 years, there's a spate of murder. Six girls are murdered in over 18 days, and uh, they he's, we find out that he's using these dead girls he's drawing blood from them to make this formula to then continue his everlasting life that is the crux of the movie uh it's laid out a little slower than that but i mean at the end of the day that shit kind of doesn't even matter yeah like once you once we figure out what is happening it's fine uh the rest of it is just kolchek running into weirdos which i really enjoy so funny he goes to see the third girl of the belly dancers there's three belly dancing friends Charisma Beauty, Marissa, and uh, <laughs> this third girl who is who she's like a psychology student at the college. Uh, she talks a lot. That's yeah. one of her characteristics. She takes a boat. She takes like a like a yeah. first, she lives on a boat and then takes a boat like a different boat <laughs> to school. Yeah. But she's like running. She's like, I'm, I can't answer your questions. I'm running late for class. She runs on the dock. She hops in like a little power, but like a little tiny like a rowboat with an outboard motor on the back. And takes that to class somehow. Very I mean, odd. I know there's a lot of water in Seattle, but yeah. it seems weird. My favorite part of that scene is when so she leaves. Like, I gotta go to class. Is it the part where she goes? Whee! Well, is that part? That part's she great. Literally does that, and she's driving away on that boat. She also he's like trying to explain that he's not a salesman; he's a reporter. And I gotta talk to you about all this stuff. And she's like, okay, after class, after class, whatever. So as she's leaving, he goes, well, do you know that I'm here to talk to you about someone getting murdered? And she basically just shouts like, yeah, people get murdered here all the time. Right, yeah, I'll yeah. talk to you later. It's Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Seattle? It's a big city. A lot of murder. I'll see you later. Yeah. I, I don't know that much about Seattle, but that seems fucking weird. That's the murder capital of America? Seattle? Yeah, it seems very strange. Very bizarre. Um, there's some uh, talk of old Seattle, which is like the Seattle underground. Which is a real thing. Which is a real that. thing. There's all I didn't these, even know. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a real thing. It's where like 
it's not necessarily specifically where the term Shanghai came from, but it's very it, uh, one of the origins is sailors like bars would have these trap doors and shit, or they would just knock fucking sailors unconscious and they'd wake up on a fucking boat to China to where they have to work now. This is like an eighteen hundred, <laughs> like seventeen eighteen hundreds and shit, but they've been Shanghai because they've been sent to fucking Shanghai as like a slave on a boat because they got drunk in some bar in Seattle. Oh, crazy. Um, but yeah, there's all these tunes and shit, and that's where we meet the, the where we see the weird singer. Who's just like singing "My Blue Heaven" poorly to uproarious applause? That was so odd. And again, you should watch this movie too. The first like couple minutes, I'm not super into, but the rest of the movie, I, I did end up enjoying. Yeah, I you, enjoy. You, you should watch it, if only for that scene, because it is so inexplicably odd. Yeah. And I, again, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or if it's just maybe. I, yeah, I that know. might have been like a, a pop culture reference that we don't that get because it's yeah. thirty years ago or whatever. Um, there's also – so there's a research guy that works for the newspaper who does all the research and they, together with Kolchak, pieces together this story. He talks real weird like so these. Funny. It's very strange. Um, but at one point when he's going through the old stories, he says a reporter named Jimmy Stacks, my favorite made-up name <laughs> I've ever heard. That one is either absolutely a reporter. Jimmy Stacks is a great name for a reporter. Or like a blue – like a like a bass player from the Yeah. Toys, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Jimmy Stacks. <laughs> Yeah, he played all the Motown yeah, recorders, yeah, yeah, but yeah. no one knows his no, name. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> Real quick, there was a bass player like that. Uh, he played from Motown. Uh, he was one of the Funk Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they made a documentary about this. They've there's just like a group of musicians who played on all those old Motown uh, songs. And uh, he's a really influential bass player, uh, and his name is James Jamerson. And he found out that he had apparently like partial uh, Spanish uh, ancestry, so he started calling himself Diego Diegerson. <laughs> such I laughed oh, so hard when I read that's that. That's amazing. Isn't that weird? That's an, oh, that's a fantastic fake. Diego name. Diegerson. That's unbelievable. I've never. I mean, that's insane. There's another great weirdo. Uh, so he ends up half building a relation, not a relationship, but a bit of a relationship with this psychology student. It's interesting, yeah. Um, that, that lady, he like brings her along on like his quest. Well, he he tells her like, "Hey, do you want to come on this tour of the underground? Like, it's like an actual book tour. Um, uh, like, you know, there's a tour guide and shit. Uh, and he he says in the over like in the uh, voiceover like." Uh, me bring her along has very little to do with the case. Like he's like, fucking, yeah, he's, like, he's trying right. to bang this broad. Uh, trying to um, get it in. Yeah, I, I was trying to use more seventies slang, like bang this broad, <laughs> bang this broad. Um, Make time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know oh, speaking of the best uh, old slang in the world, I love this so much. There's a scene where uh, Kolchak goes to confront the pol- the police lieutenant, who also the cops immediately hate. They hate him. hate him immediately from from jump for literally just asking the occasional question. They steal his camera. They steal. Yeah, he gets a picture. There's another moment where this strangler has a run in with the cops. He beats the shit out of the cops because he has superhuman strength. Kolchak gets multiple pictures of this happening. <laughs> the cops pull up and literally just go, I'll take that, and reach out the window and take his camera. <laughs> yeah, they drive up. He's in still the car and he does yeah, it. Yeah. And the so cops just like, hey, what the shit? That's my camera. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so great. Um, but the cops yelling at him. He goes in to present his case to the cops. And I actually really like this scene because he goes in and he's like, 
Did you know that every 21 years, six girls are murdered over 18 days? Blah, blah, blah. And the cop is like, actually, in the 1910 incident, it was over 22 days, and one of the girls didn't have blood drawn. So, like, the cops had actually done their work this time. Yeah, they had done a little bit of the research as well, which I really enjoyed. The thing they do well in this movie is that, so they have the cops, like you're saying, who are like, well, actually, here's why we don't think it's this. And he's like, right. kind of like, doesn't have a well, response. Well, he doesn't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then also there's the scene where he's laying out his case in front of his his publisher yeah. and in front of the cops and the cops are like this is ridiculous but the publisher is like I don't know it no, sounds like kinda, he's kind of done some homework here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so it's interesting that they, they do a pretty good job of that it's not all one or one, the yeah, other one so, side, yeah, yeah. for sure which I enjoyed as well um, so he so in that scene uh, he talks about the, there's all these witnesses because uh, they have a current witness that says he looked like a corpse and the bones were sticking through his skin and all this stuff they have this sketch artist draw the sketch uh but they talk about previous witnesses who said the same thing. And the cop uh, says, like, did you know that that guy was a mental defective who was completely in his cups? In his cups. In his cups is the best term for a drunk. I'm, it's the only term I'm using from now on. Uh, in his cups is so good. Next yeah. time I'm hammering, I'm like, dude, I'm in my fucking cups. <laughs> uh, I'm in my cups tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Forward uh, all mail to these cups. Yeah. That's where I am right now. <laughs> uh, so he's... Got this relationship going with a psychology student. She tells her to go talk to this professor who, like, knows about shit. She was funny. She knows about weird stuff. She's also funny and weird. She's, like, this super old lady. She's got, like... A like high neck lace collar dress thing going on. She she looks like a slightly heavier like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Uh, And. He says to her, how can you explain a 110-year-old man uh, still having, like, is there a way to, that a 110-year-old man could still have all his vitality and be strong? And she says, no, because if there was, I'd be sitting here an 80-year-old sex pot. Great. She's great. She's awesome. She just uh, loved getting banged. You know, she just she, loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just desperate. Just desperate. You know, you look at old people, you just think, oh, I bet those guys... Or just, they've always been old. You just forget. They were young and they loved to fuck back then. They are, tr- they are trying. Uh, Kolchak eventually traces the monster down because at one point he had opened a clinic as a doctor because he was a doctor in the Civil yeah. War. He opened a doctor under his fa- uh, clinic under his fake name. He traces him there to the underground where he eventually chases him down. Now, in the underground, he had previously met this homeless guy. And the homeless guy did my favorite thing that all homeless guys did in, like, 70s movies, which was offer you some of their booze. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, like, is like, hey, you want a little bit of this? No, I don't. What I, I, <laughs> get away from me. What I loved about that, home, that, about that crazy homeless dude is at one point, like... He's just this crazy drunk dude, and uh, the girl, the psychology student, like, just starts laughing at him. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, he's yeah. just he just starts laughing too. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, pretty fucking weird, right? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is a weird life. Yeah, I live underground. Man. This is fucking Very weird. Drunk. I also love the, the part. It was I thought this was it was like an Abbott and Costello routine where he just started listing all the things that were wrong with him. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like like he's, he's just like yeah, I have all the like, Charlie horse. I have like burst capillaries. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then like yeah, the girl yeah. just goes. Oh my god, are you okay? He's like, yeah, of course I'm okay. Yeah. It was like such a funny vaudeville <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of weird. There's another great moment. There is some like the humor. I think the reason I'm able to get, take the humor is a lot of it works. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment where uh, in that scene where he. Uh, all right, so the scene where he finally like convinces the cops of what's kind of going on. Yeah. Uh, the the researcher shows up and he's got more evidence. 
and the 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 owner of the newspaper who's there says like or publisher or whatever goes who's this guy and Coltick's like, don't you recognize him? He works for you. And the guy goes, I've been in research for 35 <laughs> years. And the publisher goes, good God. Yeah, that I'm was so really great. funny. Like, he's just like, oh, you poor son of a bitch. That was 35 so years? Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, a lot of the humor did work really well. Yeah. So it's easy to kind of be like, well, all right, whatever. Let, <laughs> let the boys have their fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. There's also a great – so there's the whole – every 10 minutes – Coljack and the editor are yelling at each other. That's so funny. Constant. And screaming. Screaming. At one point, in my favorite moment, Vincenzo, the editor, says to him, like, you've got to come in here with some facts. And Coljack just goes, facts, and leaves. That's the whole fight. He just yells the word facts and then storms out. That's his rebuttal. I love it so much. Uh, I really, yeah, it really made me laugh. Um, They, uh... Eventually chase him down. Uh, well, there's there's one thing. The uh, Kolchak get uh, gets the psychology student to act as bait to hang around where all these women are getting uh, strangled. Yeah, that was while kind he, of fucked up. While he hangs around like the corner, watching, waiting for this guy to show up. Now, one, you can't Kolchak. You know he's got superhuman strength. You've watched him fuck up a bunch of cops. Yeah. What your plan is here, other than letting this woman die? I don't know. You can take a photo. Um, but then also... He's going to fight him with facts! <laughs> what I also really enjoy is that they spend most of that time hiding from the police. Because, <laughs> at, for some reason, standing outside is against the law. That like, was they're weird. literally just standing. They're not doing anything, but they have to keep ducking every time a cop shows up. And, they, and then when the cops finally show up, they arrest them. They literally arrest them. Yeah, I don't understand why. I, it was they the 70s. haven't done anything. Just the 70s, man. Cops make you leave town, they just arrest you for being awake. Yeah. What are you doing? You're supposed to be asleep right now. It's nighttime. Uh, oh, sorry, sir. Kolchak uh, eventually, again, he finds the entrance to the underground that he knows he's gone through, so he's going to be under this clinic. He tells the psychology student, give me half an hour, then send the cops. He keeps doing this. He's got to get his story. I love it. No, that, to me, that's good journalism. you yeah. got to get his story. Yeah. Uh, he goes down and he finds him under there. Now, he has been completely revitalized. He doesn't. I was a little disappointed, because when he showed the monster, I was wanting this guy, because he'd been talking about, oh, this Cheekbones are ripping through his face. Yeah, they, they had a very creepy drawing of him, too. Yeah. Uh, and when we find him, he's just like a 45-year-old white guy. Just like, like a dude. Nothing, just a dude, yeah. which I was very disappointed in. Um, but I was like, oh, it's a very easy way. Like, he's take, he's killed the sixth girl, so he's gotten all the stuff he needs or whatever. So he's like been he's been taking this slow and slowly and slowly, like five doses of this elixir or whatever. So it's going to – it's revitalized him. Which is an easy, very cheap way of getting out of having to make an effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And he just does that Bond villain move of explaining everything that's happened. Like, I, I discovered this, and now what, wouldn't you want superhuman strength? Yeah, and like, take some, I'm, I'm, like, I'm and, like a tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes him around his lab. He has a lab under there. Uh, he tells her, like, I'm going to drink this potion, and if I don't, I'll drink it in five minutes. And once I do, I'll be good for 21 years or whatever. Uh, Kolchak grabs what appears to be an ashtray in the lab. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was. I think it was a crystal ashtray, which I really enjoy that was in his lab. Good work. <laughs> um, smashes the uh, beaker that has his last dosage of uh, elixir in it, and he's like, oh, how dare you? I'm just going to kill him. But they're on either side of a table. Yeah, and There's yeah, a yeah. bit of like, eh, eh, like going either side, like going either direction. And if I'm Kolchak, I just keep doing that. 
Like, he clearly can't catch you. <laughs> just keep doing the either side of the table and wait for this guy to die. He's, like, aging in front of him. He's getting old. Like, you see his hair turn white. Yeah. His face starts getting old. But Kolchak eventually, like, just tries to run away, and the guy catches him. He's got superhuman strength. He's going to fuck you up. Uh, but then he turns, like, too old. The cops yeah. show up, and he just dies out the window. Yeah, that was so funny. It's uh-huh. so funny because there's, there's like, two times in, like, a one-minute span where he just starts screaming, and his screaming sounds so insane. He, yeah. he started, <laughs> once he turns old, he just starts yelling. You're like, whoa, he looks pissed. And then when he jumps out the window, he just yells like that again. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah, funny yeah, yeah, and yeah, odd. Yeah. yeah, it's very strange. Uh, but he jumps out to one of his death. His body has kind of disintegrates. I guess for yeah. I can, I, the, the the problem with this movie is that the way it's lit, it's, it's very very dark. dark. So it's kind of especially like I, I I don't know the one we watched. I don't know if that's like a dub or something maybe. Yeah. But like it's kind of difficult to tell what's going on. Sometimes it's hard to see dark, in moments. Yeah. Kolchak's yeah. uh, written another great story. He goes in to see his headline, and it says "Killer Found Unidentified," and he's like, "What the hell is so this?" Mad. That's and, not the story I wrote. And the guy's like, here, I here's the story you wrote. All eight copies. And it's like 144-year-old killer found, blah, 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 all the, all the whole story. He's like, what do you mean eight copies? Well, the publisher fucking pulled that shit off uh, the, the line immediately. We're not running a story about a 144-year-old killer. Also, Coltrack has walked in to find all the shit packed up on his desk. He's he, been just, fired immediately. I love the idea that he just never gets anything published. He just always gets fired. Yeah. Just a 22-year-old career with no published work. <laughs> He's worked yeah, in yeah, yeah. 55,000 different newspapers because yeah, yeah, yeah. he keeps getting run out of town by the cops. Which is exactly <laughs> how this episode ends. He and Vincenzo are both fired. Uh... <laughs> They're leaving town together now, that which I really weird. like. I really hope the TV series is the two of them going to a new newspaper every week, <laughs> setting up shop, and then immediately being run out of town. Oh, God. Uh, the psychology student is also leaving with them for some reason. Yeah, that was She's kinda... like, I was going to graduate college, and then you showed up, but like... You can still hang out. Just go back to school. I don't understand. You missed like two classes. It's been three days. At most, at most, it's been six days. Yeah. Because he says very clearly the span of these murders has to take place over six days. So at the very most, you have missed five classes. Yeah, that that was kind of odd. People it, don't get sick at this college? I don't and, she, and she's, like, so pissed to be leaving. Like it, it She's it, very mad. It'd be one thing if it ended with her being like, well, but I'm coming with you because now we're in love. But, like, literally, like, it's like she's being forced to go with them. They yeah. might be kidnapping this girl. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's very strange. But also it ends like the credits are playing over them driving away bickering, and just yeah, yelling and yeah. bickering with each other. I Man, I tell you what. I had never seen the series before. Hadn't seen these movies before. I am very excited to watch this series. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I've never seen it, but I, I did a little bit of research. I just looked up on Wikipedia and yeah. stuff. I guess it was a big influence on the X-Files. Mm-hmm. And I guess... They tried to... Uh, remake it in like 2010 or 6 or yeah. like that that didn't work either but like yeah man I don't know it's got it hits all of my buttons it's weirdly 70s in like the best way yeah. got supernatural shit kind of hard boiled detective shit it hits all my buttons yeah. so I am very excited for this me too man um, I think it's gonna be cool Anything you want to plug? What you got going on? Um, you can just follow me on Twitter at Pat Dean. I post stuff on there. I do. Uh, I run two shows in town in Austin. First Monday of the month called Shit's Golden at Spider House Ballroom. Third Friday of the month at Kick But Coffee. Uh, so yeah, come to those or just follow me on Twitter. I post about stuff on there. So. And what about uh, Storyfellers? Oh that? yes, my award winning. We are Austin's number twelve rated podcast, Storyfellers. 
Com. Go to real, it. Is that a real number? Not even okay, a little bit. Uh, made it up and lied <laughs> well, about it. I like that you made it up and you're still 12. There's so yeah, I know. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> we're 12. It's such a shit. I love so I like whenever like someone asks me for a bio for a show or something, mm. I always include that and mm. they always print it. I just laugh. I'm like, how would you possibly know? And why am I bragging about that? It's not even right. the top ten. So yeah, check it out. It's a it's a storytelling podcast where comics come on. Chris, you've been on and uh, yeah, we you tell fun. stories. And we just kind of fuck around. So listen to that. It's fun. You should definitely check that out. Please. I am... This will not be out before The Sting. So The Sting would have just happened last night. Uh, So... Oh, uh, come to The Valve this weekend. LaShonda Lester is recording her album. I'm going to host. I'm going to open it up. So come out. It's going to be fucking fun, man. Definitely go to that. The Valve Friday night and Saturday night. uh, 9 and 11 o'clock. Definitely go to that. Uh, I am running a show called Chris Cubas and Friends. At the Barracuda, it's a one-off for free week here in Austin. If you're in Austin, you know what free week is. It's at Barracuda, a bunch of great comics. Uh, Daniel Webb, Karina Magyar, Jared Hawley, I'm Pat on it. Dean is on <laughs> it. It's going to be super fun, so come out to that. Uh, if you're in Houston, I am in Houston the 19th through the 21st at the Improv opening for Ralphie May, so check that Hell out. Yeah. I'm in San Francisco on the 24th. Uh, taping a show called The Guest List for CISO, so keep cool. an eye out for that. I'll be in L.A. the 25th through the 28th and various shows and shows, so check my Facebook and my website for dates on that. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends. We're going to watch all of Kolchak. Uh, I'm very excited to do the show. It makes me very happy to do something that's not so goddamn emotional like my so-called life was for the last fucking <laughs> right up until my dog died. So it was oh, a rough yeah. that was a rough one. So I needed something Oof. easy. And I'm gonna tell you what, man, the show's fucking fun. So keep listening, tell your friends. Uh we'll see you next week. Bye.